welcome back to another episode with uh, on Entrepedopedia. I'm joined uh, by Benjamin here. Hi guys, Benjamin here. <laughs> Thank you. And today we'll be talking about bioethics. So, um, mind you, I'm not an expert on this. I've it's just kind of a little bit of a rabbit hole that I've been venturing for the past week. Uh, but that's pretty much all I know. Uh, but I will quickly just start off by uh, giving you a basic definition of it. So bioethics is essentially addressing the ethical issues that come with the fact that we have a body of, and specifically a body that is designed in the way that ours is. It arises, it's, a, it's the issues that arise due to the fact that we are corporeal. Whereas, for example, like ghosts, they don't, they don't have any, assuming you don't think ghosts have bodies, they're not going to have any bioethical issues. I mean, they may have other issues that have their own, you know, but it's not going to be exactly categorized under bioethics. So I just wanted to walk through a couple of examples because there are a lot of topics in bioethics that are kind of polarizing and I wanted your input and um, anyone, any of our listeners out there can, you know, chime in with their ideas. It, it's just a conversation to get you thinking more than anything else. So one of the issues, okay, one of the issues that really got this conversation started about bioethics and started this field then um, a spur was the US Public Health Service uh, in, in an effort to test out some of their products. So they were uh, creating drugs to cure syphilis, and which is a bacterial infection, by the way. So they, they enrolled black poor men and divided them into two groups. So generally when you have any sort of um, testing for any uh, medicine or drug, etc., you generally have them um, do a group one, group two basis, and you give one half of them the actual drug and the other half would be either given something like saline or just not just something else, like some other substitute that you know is not really gonna do anything. So these people, without their knowledge, they and they won't allow to get, take any other form of uh, a cure, right? So they were, so one group of people would have this possible cure and then this other half would just think they had the cure and they wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Like if they, and it, it causes this, uh, it brings about this situation where is it really fair to ask these people to not look for other steps or not to seek other forms of treatment just because you are performing a step just you know just because you're performing something some sort of procedure on them so that's kind of one of the questions that brought about this whole uh, idea of bioethics and then that also leads into this into this other idea that do doctors really know best um you know like for example there's okay imagine a case where for example, you've been diagnosed with cancer and or some uh, some specific, okay, or maybe not cancer because you don't really, you have a while to live, but let's say some sort of deadly disease that you're, that, and you're going to die in like maybe two weeks. This is getting a little bit morbid, oops, but, and the, you've met with this doctor and they they just chose themselves, you know, in order to showcase their benevolence that they're not going to inform you that you only have two weeks to live because they think that it might be a little too distressing for you because they think it, it, it might arise something else. It, they don't want you to be uh, upset for your last two uh, weeks. I don't know, whatever issue, whatever they had uh, bringing in their mind, they've enacted upon that. The doctors have make, taken these sorts of 
decisions. But is that really fair? Because one could argue that maybe the person did not want to know. Maybe the person would just like to live blissfully for the next two weeks. But they might also want to say goodbye to their loved ones or, you know, have some sort of process, um, have a ceremony, that sort of thing. So that's again when um, bioethics becomes a little bit more polarizing, which is when we realize that these sorts of things, it, it really depends on the values of the individual. Like, would you prefer to have a short but happy life or a long but slightly miserable life? Would you rather know you know, for two weeks uh, that you were going to be passing away soon and, you know, prepare for your death? Or would you just, would you prefer that you just lived and it just, you know, seized you, death just seized you at some point and, but you were happy, you were fine with it. So those are the kinds of questions that arise from this. Right, so a couple of thoughts. Um, first, you asked the question, uh, it's called a placebo, by the way, uh, giving people a, a salad pill or a sugar solution just to make them think that they get, they're being given a cure. It's called a placebo. Um, another thing that you asked is, is should the doctor tell the person, right? Uh, because if they have two weeks to live, should the doctor inform the person? Personally, I feel like medicine, uh, medicine and uh, all that is a very objective profession, which means that anything that the doctors have to share, irrespective of how grave it is, has to be shared. Because they're being paid quite a lot of money by insurance organizations or the individual's own pocket to to give this information to the patients. So in my opinion, even if they have to say like, okay, you have only 24 hours to live, they have to tell that. I don't see any other way because like you can set your benevolence and all that aside. Uh, it's nice that you it's nice that you're benevolent, but you're being paid a lot of money to give this opinion. So in my uh, point of view, I think doctors should give that opinion. So yeah, that's that's one of the main thoughts that I had. I Okay, again, I kind of have a conflict because I kind of understand both sides of the coin. So I, I understand what you're saying, but let's forget that they're a doctor for a second. Like they're, you know, they're first year human being, right? They'd want joy for the other person. Or even just, you know, for example, with your friends, would you automatically, would you just want to break bad news to them? Probably not, right? You'd want to, maybe take them aside for a while. You might not even ever tell them that something bad happened because you want to protect other people. So again, it's, which is why it can kind of be like a bit of a meh question. Like you don't really, it depends on the person. You clearly have strong uh, opinions for this, but some people um, are a bit on the fence. Okay, just just an input. I would like to point out that not all doctors are really that benevolent. I remember taking an eye, eye test like three months ago and the guy who took my eye test said that I needed to take more tests and he, t- he took like seven different tests in one day and I had to go for a class where I was panicking and at the end of the day, at the end of these seven different tests, he told me that my eyesight was normal and I, and, and, and I, and I knew for a fact that I couldn't see anything, anything that was beyond, let's say, 10 meters. I couldn't read car plate numbers when I was in my own car. I knew my eyesight was bad. And this guy took seven different tests, took a lot of my money, and in the end told me my eyesight was perfectly normal. So, like, I just want to point out that not all doctors are benevolent. So, yeah, just want to put that out there. (laughs) That's a funny story. But I think, again... That may not necessarily be a, a question of benevolence. That I mean, the doctor may not be very qualified in what he does. 
in terms of intelligence. So again, it, it can be either way, is what I would say. But yeah, I get you. I get your point. Oh yeah. So kind of just moving on from what you were saying. So let's talk about surgeries for a second. So okay, very not a very smooth transition. Sorry, but I I just had a couple topics in mind. So let's just go through them because I want to stimulate your minds. Um, but yeah. So let's talk about surgery. So one of the um, one of the biggest things that again propelled bioethics as a field was the question of consent when it comes to surgery and that now it's a bit of a no brainer like yeah duh obviously you would ask for my permission to do stuff to my body but earlier it was like oh for example if you're getting a procedure done and you're in the surgery room right now you know the doctor will just say oh you have a tiny issue there might as well just quickly go in and fix it you know and i again it may be an idea of a little bit benevolence but it's also just is that really right i mean again it depends on your values and it, it it comes down to a question where would you know, even if the person who is you know who's having these procedures done done upon them, it's not just about what they want for themselves, but it's also what what's good for them, and that's what the doctors are thinking about what's good for them. But is that really their choice? You know, is what's good for you necessarily something that you have your hand in? I mean, should I have the right to make bad decisions? Right. So um, I think that's a very important question uh, but again uh, the doctoral uh, profession is is founded on the principle that they give advice right um <laughs> like if if the argument is that they know best and therefore they should inflict whatever whatever opinion they have on others if that's the general argument then i feel like that's not exactly true um because they still don't have control over your body right and they can give advice they can they can give advice and it's ult- ultimately up to the individual to either take that advi- advice or not to take that advice and yeah as you said the issue of um of bodily consent uh, just started becoming more prominent these days i uh, i remember this there was this doctor called dr yosef mengele uh, the viewers uh, listeners you can you can research about him uh, after the podcast uh, he was a doctor who conducted twin experiments during um uh, in in different concentration camps during the, during the second world war uh he was part of the nazis so he, yeah he was he didn't really take consent obviously he just took random twins and then started conducting gross experiments on them so yeah back then bodily consent wasn't really a thing uh, i i think it started becoming more more of a pressing issue these days particularly in the 21st century Yeah that is absolutely true but uh, again um okay back to what you were saying initially it, okay now i think um you know the whole medical field is more of a service rather than uh you know actually helping people it's it's more of like a commercial act like you know you are my client i must get this for you and you i i charge you this and if you if, if i can somehow exploit you and get you more, you know get you more medicines than you actually need because there are a lot of fake uh, medicines and you know doctors who give bad advice i don't really think around here like the area that we live but there are definitely people out there like that so it, it it's slowly transitioned for more from you know a place of purely helping people just to and you know getting a little bit of cash but now it's you know fully blown this is how you can become rich so in that on that way to that transition 
which is not a, personally i don't think that's a good transition like why would you do that it should mainly be about you know caring for others but somewhere on that in that way is when i think the idea got lost that um you know doctors started doing stuff without others consent because they wanted to genuinely care for someone else or help other people and they didn't really think about what it would mean for the other person which is now when we're moving into a more you know industrial era is when people start thinking okay yeah now i need you to sign this contract so that i know if this is the service that i need to perform for you so that i can uh take from you this particular x amount of money that sort of thing okay so again i'm going to very poorly segue into another uh, topic which was okay kind of similar to this but these sorts of things okay let's say okay actually the, there was this experiment that was being done um a while ago i think like in front of you know something i think uh about okay so basically you have in this particular uh, example there was a white pig and basically when it was in um as as it was a zygote uh you were somehow i don't know if you examine biology behind this but you somehow able to turn off the genome that would for example create the pancreas of that particular pig and they infuse the zygote with instead the genome of another uh of a black pig in this case to induce um the creation of a black pig's pancreas so when the so when that white pig um you know eventually grew up it had exactly the same features that a normal white pig would have but it had a black pancreas and this uh gave rise to the question can we now farm organically kind of um human organs because you know we don't really have um getting donors is a huge issue now so again that is that ethical benjamin what do you think okay um is it ethical maybe i i mean yes and no no because one that is frankly in my opinion a very weird procedure i i feel like there's got to be something ethically wrong i just can't pinpoint it yes because as you said the there's a shortage of org, uh, organs and organ donors and it will become a pressing issue particularly in developing countries if it hasn't already become an issue and yeah in that cases if it is used for the good of people that is it can be quite helpful but then again um it's the same thing with medicine and um, surgeries and treating people it went from helping people to a business and it's possible that this can happen in the same organ uh, organ culture thing that you mentioned right now so uh, again that's a pitfall of money and the whole financial structures existing issue right uh, and it can eventually kind of deviate anything that is morally good to something that's financially productive so that's possible with this as well yeah exactly um you can always spin around these sorts of situations in order to just you know make money and one of the i think maybe one of the ethical pinpoints that you were thinking about was uh, where it could be a bit of a, di- a dilemma would be well think about the pig right <laughs> i mean there must be something wrong with having a human pancreas like I, you're built to be a pig the rest of your body and the rest of your organs function and like how this is exactly fit in so i mean even i can't ent- entirely fathom how that would work and do pigs have consent like again that also arises you know brings about the question of consciousness do plants and animals and, and other creatures also have 
any notion about what they are doing to their bodies. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like, if I if I were like, let's say, yeah, if I were a normal human and I eventually found out that I had a chimp's intestines, I would be pretty freaked out as well. I get what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, would you want? Actually, would you want to um, give other animals human brains just so you can talk to them? Like, you know, or they would be helpful. You know, in a sense of servitude, they could help development of. you know human life uh, the environment etc if you just give them human brains like you know that that that's, that's stuff that it's a bit of a gray area so uh this again uh, brings about the idea that maybe you could use um certain features of human, of you know biology and technology now to enhance humans themselves so for example um there's this whole kind of race for cyborgs but Okay, you can always, well, not always, but you can edit human beings. For example, if they've gone through some sort of uh, uh, and some sort of amputation process, or if they if they've some, got something that ha- that's happened to them that caused them to lose some limbs, there's actually this a uh, procedure where they can get synthetic, uh, sorry, prosthetic legs that, which causes that when they have when they put in like the same amount of effort, muscle effort that normal humans do, they'd actually be doing more work. like they would if they were running they would run a longer this a, a more of a distance using the same uh using those prosthetic legs but using the same amount of effort yeah i think uh, what you're talking about like using technology to kind of enhance the human body that kind of already happens and i think in a way technically vaccines are also kind of the same thing because you're using external organisms to enhance the body's functioning right so in a way i guess technically vaccines are also an, an example of this but more recently i came across this one video on reddit of uh, a kind of small robot a microscopic robot that could guide wayward sperm uh, sperm cells towards the uh, towards the egg cell to fertilize it so that's one way in which technology has been used to enhance bodily functioning in humans and yeah uh, it's the same case with prosthetics even when even when you give when you give someone a robotic arm or a robotic leg their endurance is dialed to 100 i guess um because they, there's no such thing as fatigue for robotic arms they don't develop lactic acid in their muscles which inha- which induces fatigue so they have unlimited stamina and in a way that is what a lot of people strive for <laughs> some people do wish they have unlimited endurance and all that and i i'm i'm very sure that a lot of people think that the humans of the future are those with unlimited stamina and uh, unlimited capabilities basically iron man but more biological so uh, i'm very sure at least one person in this world thinks that and wants that to be the future which is kind of scary but the fact that it could be a reality is also distressing because um i love my hand i don't want to be replaced so i'm hoping that no one launches a, a worldwide campaign to remove my hands a <laughs> uh, g- good point actually the vaccine thing is very true uh, and that is actually one of the things that causes bi- this biological um, issue where it becomes a bit of a segregation in society um like now we have the anti vaxxers as they are popularly called but you know for example um specifically let's talk about the covid vaccine because that's the most recent fresh example but let's say you know there's a group there's a group of people who just don't want the vaccine and in general who don't or who don't believe in the values of, ma- of a vaccine 
So when it comes, you know, down the line, eventually generations and generations in the future, there will be some sort of genetic difference in their children. Were there not? Because, and eventually the, the question that bioethicists are talking about is, forget just vaccines. What if you put in, you know, um, now hacking your genes is a pretty prevalent question, right? You're able to maybe uh, synthetically create children who may have certain features that maybe, oh, you want blue, blonde hair, blue eyes, you want a clever child with great art, I don't know, endurance or whatever. You're able to, to, a, to an extent, manufacture these children. I think they're called test tube babies. I think that may be something else. I'm not really sure. Oh yeah, designer babies, I think. So again, that can cause a divide and maybe slavery or some sort of thing where this, it can eventually just cause the creation of a whole other species, right? That maybe think they're better than, than you know, us quote unquote normal humans. So these are the kinds of, okay, I, I do want to wrap this up because I think we've got, been going on for quite a while. Oops. But yeah, these are just some of the very problematic kind of gray area-ish uh, questions that uh, bioethicists think about. And that's kind of why, uh, what drew me into this field because it's, it, it's very subjective. So it's intriguing. It's a pretty intriguing to think about. And uh, I think with that, we're probably going to close today's episode. Okay, uh, that was really that was quite an interesting uh, kind of discussion. Yeah, because I'm one of those people who really like philosophy and subjectivity and all that, who likes to kind of battle uh, perspectives. Or fortunately, so yeah, this was this was quite an interesting uh, um, discussion because yeah, it kind of. Gives me the chance to change my perspectives. So yeah, with that, we would like to conclude this episode. We hope you guys really enjoyed our discussion about bioethics, and hopefully, we can have more thought-provoking sessions like this in the future. And stay tuned for our next episode, guys. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.